Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. I'd like to welcome all those in our South Augusta campus. Let's give it up for South Augusta today. And of course, all those that are watching online, whether you're in the community or, or around the, the world, thanks so much for tuning in. You know, I love to start with something funny. Did you hear about the, uh, the wife that called her husband? She was really excited, and she said, uh, honey, pack your bags. I just won the lottery. Now, he was so excited, too. He said, what do, what do you want me to pack? Do you want to, are we going to the beach? Are we going to the mountains? Do you want to do casual? Do you want to do dressy? She said, pack them all. I want you out of my house by 6 o'clock. So I don't know if that's a word for those who play the lottery. Just be careful. Oh, I'm, again, I want to say that I am uh, thankful to be here. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, and I sincerely appreciate all of you, and I appreciate your support and your prayers. As most of you know, on, on June 2nd, it was a very normal day for me. I had meetings most of the morning. Uh, everything was picture perfect. And about 11.45, I was getting in my car to go to lunch. And then all of a sudden, I developed a, a stomachache. Didn't think too much about it. Uh, when lunch came back here, and it kept on increasing, increasing in intensity. And so I'm laying on the sofa in my office. Patty's over there, and we're trying to make this decision. Okay, do we go to a doctor? Do we go to prompt care? Do we go to the emergency room? And we decided to go to the emergency room, and, and that one decision made all the difference in the world. And so I got down there, and they did all what they do, and uh, wonderful care. But five hours later, I am in surgery, and um, my intestines were dying an inch and a half an hour. And so that was the, the challenging thing. And so it was intense pain like I've never had before. You know, Dilaudid, morphine, none of that would even touch it. And so I'm thankful that they did exploratory surgery and figured all that out. And um, so I, was, I am so, so thankful uh, to the Lord for his protection, and I appreciate your prayers. And, you know, it happened without warning. You know, you never know what a day holds, but here's what I do know. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future in the palm of my hands, in his hands. My life is in his hands, and I just thank the Lord that, and I'm thankful um, for your support. So let's, let's open up God's Word. You know, we are, uh, this week will mark the halfway point of the year 2020. Can you even imagine that? That after this week, we'll be halfway through. And as I look back over this, this week, I can honestly say, like most of you would say, that we never imagined that this year would turn out like it has turned out. I mean, to think about this. When you're watching the Super Bowl, none of us would have ever imagined that the country would be shut down because of the coronavirus just a, a few weeks later. When you're watching the Super Bowl, you never imagined that the nation's strongest economy in 50 years would come to a halt and we would be fighting off a recession. You know, when we were watching the Super Bowl, we never uh, understood 
the level of injustice that was working behind the scenes with the cases similar to uh, Armand Arbery and, and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and how that social justice injustice would come to the forefront and would spark protests and then have so much civil unrest. Do you ever wonder? Do you wonder what's really behind all of this? I mean, the virus and the, uh, and the economic problems and the social uh, unrest. Of course, some of you say, well, Marty, let's be practical. It's an election year. And yes, you're right. I mean, if it were not an election year, it would not receive the press that it is getting now. I get that. But let me just be honest. I'm not a politician. I'm not an economist. I'm not an economist. I am not a sociologist. I'm a person that's been saved by the grace of the Lord. I've been filled with the power of his Holy Spirit. I've been called to serve Christ and his church. And I, and I do have an opinion about this. Here's what I see. When I look at the first six months of 2020, it's very clear to me that we are in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle, and this battle is not with Democrats or Republicans. Even though these groups seem to shape the news that, that we hear. This battle is, is not necessarily only with whites and blacks and Latinos and Asians or even people from the Middle East. This, my friend, is a spiritual battle. And we see this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 when it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, um, <clears throat> but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. We're fighting against those mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. You are in a battle. You are in a battle. And your fight is not against that neighbor next door and his dog. Okay? Your fight is not against your spouse. And it's not against your in-laws. And it's not against your son or your daughter. Your fight is not against your co-workers. Your battle is in the unseen world against mighty powers of darkness. You see, we live in a physical world, but there is also a spiritual world working behind the scenes too. And what you see with your physical eyes is not all there is because there is a battle going on between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. There's a battle going on between good versus evil. And for some of you, this message will, will speak very close to you and to come uh, close to your house because you feel this. You sense this. You sense this pressure. You sense this difficulty. You sense that every time you take a couple of steps forward, it seems like you're taking more steps backwards. You feel this tension in your life, in your relationships, and in your world. So you get this. And you know what it means to be attacked by the enemy. 
What do we know about the enemy? In John chapter 10 and 10, uh, the Bible is very clear. It says, the enemy of your soul, which is Satan himself, the enemy comes to do three things, to steal, kill, and to destroy. The enemy comes to steal from you, to kill, and destroy. And when you see what is going on across our world, that's what he's doing. He's stealing from us, he's killing us, and he's trying to destroy us. So when you think very practically and you bring that a little bit closer to home, what does that look like? How does he operate? How does he work? What are some of the strategies behind this season we're in? I think when you look at uh, the Bible, there are at least five things that Satan does to war against us, five strategies of that. And I want to talk about those very quickly. First of all, Satan comes, the enemy fights to blind the minds of unbelievers. Today, we have people in this service that would say, you know what, I'm here investigating Christianity. I'm not sure about this God and Jesus and Christmas and Easter thing, but I'm, I, I'm just here. And some of uh, you may even say this, look, I'm just here because we're going to lunch afterwards. I don't even believe in God. But I'm saying, I want you to hear me. I am glad you're here. Stevens Creek exists for people just like you. We exist for people who do not have all the answers. We exist for people who are still trying to figure out their life and figure out their spiritual journey. So just hear me on that. So I, I get that, but I also know that there's an enemy that's trying to blind your minds. Trying to blind your minds uh, and keep you from hearing God's word. Because some of you may find it difficult to pay attention over the next 15 minutes. I mean, you're trying to hear God's word and all of a sudden you think, oh my goodness, tomorrow's trash day. I've got to remember to take the trash can out. Oh, peanut butter. We are low on peanut butter. I mean, not the creamy kind that is fake peanut butter, but the crunchy kind where you can bite into it, peanut butter. And then all of a sudden, your mind goes there. And for the next several minutes, you're thinking, well, I mean, who's got it on sale? You know, is, is there a buy one free, or get one free at Publix this week? Well, what else do they have on that? And then your mind just goes there. Satan works to blind the minds of people to keep them from hearing God's word. We see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. He says, the God of this age. Now, notice this. It is the lowercase God, the God. It's the, uh, the evil of this age. The God of this world, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel uh, that displays the glory of Christ in the image of God. The God of this age, the, the God of the culture. The culture is working overtime to blind you so that you will not see God's work. He will do anything to keep you from hearing the message. Anything. Try to distract you with, with to-do lists, shopping lists. He'll try to distract you with kids with text messages, with emails, with, with Facebook posts, whatever he can do to try to distract you, he is going to do that. 
The Bible encourages us, don't be ignorant of his devices. We see this in 2 Corinthians 2. and says, uh, that lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So let me ask you a question. What kind of devices are keeping you from living your best life? What kind of devices? Think on that. I said there are five things, five ways that Satan tries to scheme against us, tries to keep us from living our best life. Here's the second one. The enemy fights to steal God's word from you. Here's an example of that. Let's say that you've been in a church service and you've heard God's word and it was, it was powerful, it spoke right to you, but not just on an intellectual level, but it spoke very deep in your soul, very deep in your soul, and it piqued that, that spiritual curiosity and, and you start to think, maybe this is real. I mean, I felt like he was speaking right to me. Maybe you're thinking like that. You're sitting in the South Augusta campus, and you, you feel like that I'm speaking right to you, right where you live. And so you receive that, and you find this encouragement. You say, man, this is real. But then you go home, and the next day you wake up, and it's just like, boom, it's vanished. It's gone. It's like it never, was never there, and you, can, you live your life like you've always lived it. Everything is back to normal. Everything is back to the same old, same old. Jesus tells, tells us why that happens. In Matthew chapter 13, he says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, notice this, the evil one, your enemy, Satan the devil, he comes and what? Snatches away what was sown in your heart. We're sowing the word of God in your heart. And the enemy wants to come and snatch it away. So practically speaking, how does that happen? Well, right after you receive the word of God with joy, how many times has this happened? You receive God's word with joy, and the next thing you know, it seems like all hell has broken loose in your life. It seems like just you have a terrible day. Everything seems to go wrong. He, he attacks you with hard times. He tries to convince you that, that it's really not, the word of God's really not worth it. It's not worth the trouble. It's not worth sacrificing your decisions, sacrificing your, uh, too many good things. It's just simply not worth it. And then he just covers you with worries and the deceitfulness of riches and, uh, and the desire for other things. And the Bible says those three things start to choke out God's word in your life. You see, the enemy fights to steal God's word from you. Here's the third thing. The enemy fights to trap you where you are weak. He fights to trap you where you're weak. Several um, years ago, I went out in our backyard and I noticed some sod that we put out probably about two, two months prior to this. I noticed that in the lower part of our backyard, the sod was rolled up. I mean, it was meticulously rolled up all over. And we're talking about maybe uh, an eighth of an acre, a sixteenth of an acre or so like that. It was, it was significant. It looked like the sod you would buy at Lowe's. 
You know, those rolls. Everything was rolled up. And I'm thinking, like, what is going on? And my first thought was this. Surely it was the yard uh, company that maybe they rolled it up to treat something. I didn't know. And I went out and flattened it out. A couple of days later, it was rolled up again. A couple of days later, it rolled up again. Finally, I went online and said, what's up? You know, what, why is my sod being rolled up? And I found out that it could be raccoons in my yard. Okay? And so... Um, Google, what do you do? And so I tried several things, and then I talked to somebody and said, you need to put a trap in your yard. So I went and I got a trap, got a friend of mine to let me use one of their traps, and I set it out there, and uh, nothing happened in a couple of days. But eventually, I got that little pest. That little pest went in that trap, and I picked that pest up, and I put him in the car, took him across town, and let him go in, in somebody's yard that I didn't like. <laughs> Not really. I actually paid somebody to do that. <laughs> Not to go in somebody's yard I don't like, but, but they take them to a safe environment in their own habitat. Um, made sure it was across the interstate in their own habitat. So here's the point. Maybe some of you are wondering, how do you trap a raccoon? Here's how you do that. You keep changing the menu until you can find something that he cannot resist. And that's what Satan does to you and me. He keeps changing the menu until he finds something that we can't resist. And he brings that through temptation. Changing the menu until he finds something that you, you can't... I mean, very practically, how many of you made this decision, I'm going to go on a diet? You made this bold declaration, I'm going to go on a diet. And about day number three, your best friend brings a homemade cake over to your house and said, I was just thinking about you. And instead of saying, get behind me, Satan, we said, oh, come on, let's have a cup of coffee and let's talk. Or, or how about this? You make this decision, I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to cut up the cards and everything. But right before you do that, you go to your mailbox and there's a flyer there with a scratch off. And if you scratch this off, you may get 70% off at your favorite store. It must be of God or it wouldn't have come to my house. And so he starts to bring the, those temptations. Uh, goes to the very places where you are weak and he will set a trap for you. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says, they will come to their senses and what? Escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So he comes to blind your mind. He comes to steal God's word. He comes to trap you. Here's the fourth thing. Satan fights to stop the work of God in your life. Satan comes to fights to stop the, word of, the work of God. Here's how that works. That let's say, God, you get into the Bible, you hear a message, you hear a song, and, and you just sense God. God speaking to you and convicting you. And uh, you said, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to put God first in my day. I'm going to put God first in my life. I'm going to put God first in my finances. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to get out of debt. And, and then what happens? The next day your car explodes. Or maybe you decide to work on your marriage and you thought, okay, we're going to have, we're going to start praying together. We're going to read a devotional together. We're going to have the best. And then you go home and you have the biggest fight of your relationship. What's happening here? 
You have spiritual opposition. That's what's happening here. It's the forces of darkness trying to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul says this, for, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, I wanted to come again and again, but Satan blocked our way. He blocked us. He stopped us. And he will do that to you. He'll do whatever he can to keep you from doing what God's called you to do. Here's the fifth and final one. I believe that the enemy fights to totally destroy your life. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to defeat you. He wants to put his hand, he wants to get a hold of you. <laughs> Reminds me of that third grader that went to Sunday school. And, and for whatever reason, he was just as mischievous and cutting up like crazy. And, just, and finally, that third grade Sunday school teacher put, his, put his, her hand on, on his shoulder and looked down and said, Son, I believe the devil has gotten a hold of you. And he started shaking. And he looked up and says, I believe that you're right. <laughs> the devil has gotten a hold of you. I think the devil has gotten a hold of all of us. It certain ways into certain degrees. He gets a hold of us and he tries to destroy us. And some of you know this firsthand. You feel that. You feel this pressure. You know what it is to be at odds with people and you're trying to figure out why is this happening? You know what it is to be overlooked and you're trying to figure out why is this door closed? And, and over and over you can just see how the enemy or, or something, you can see how the bad breaks are all you're getting. Is it really just bad breaks or is there something more to it? Something that you cannot see. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You have an enemy who wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. He's prowling around looking for that opportunity. Let's read the next verse, though. The next verse is important. Resist him, Peter says. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know. I want you to resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of, of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. We've got to resist him. We've got to stand up. I want you to stand up, and I want you just to declare that nobody but Jesus is going to run my life. Stand up for your marriage. Stand up for your family. Stand up for your peace and your sanity. Stand up for your future. Just say, not today, Satan. Nobody but Jesus is going to run my life. I am putting my life in his hands. Reminds me of a story in the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6. The king of Aram had sent a, a great army with horses and chariots to go down and to surround the prophet Elisha's house. Well, when the sun came up, Elisha had an assistant and walked outside, and he could see thousands of uh, 
horses and chariots and, and soldiers surrounding their house. And he ran back into Elisha and said, whoa, 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 Elisha, we're surrounded by the enemy. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Elisha said, don't be afraid. There's more for us than there are against us. He said, wait a minute, Elisha. It's just you and me. I walked out there, and I saw hundreds, even thousands of them, and it's just you and me. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills. The hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. All of a sudden, when this man looked and saw that, saw the warring angels all across the uh, mountainside, he thought that he was surrounded by the enemy. But the truth is, listen to this, the enemy was surrounded by God. When the enemy is attacking from every direction, I want you to remember that God is surrounding you. I want you to hear that. To those of you who are watching online, I want you to hear that. When the enemy is attacking you from every direction. Remember that God is surrounding you. Like you, you may be surrounded by trouble. Like you, you may be surrounded by sickness. You may be surrounded by an addiction. But what you cannot see in the natural is that your God is bigger than any problem that you may have. That good news is that that sickness that you have, that sickness that I have, that's not the final say. For God is our healer. That debt that you uh, have, that's not the final say because the Lord is our provider. Some of you are struggling at work. You've got trouble at work. Or maybe you're dealing with depression. Or maybe you're struggling at home and you feel like you are surrounded but let me remind you that God is bigger than your biggest enemy. And you don't have to worry because God is in control and there are more for you than there are against you. The scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so Elisha prayed. Elisha prayed that this young man's eyes would open so that he could see. There's another world beside this physical world. And that young man opened his eyes to the spiritual world and he could see those warring angels in that unseen realm working on his behalf, standing guard. And in the same way, God has sent angels to encamp round about you. They are working behind the scenes on your behalf, in your behalf. They are standing guard. They're there to protect you. I believe they're pushing back the forces of darkness in your life. Pushing back. I believe that God is working to move the wrong people out of the way. 
I believe that God is working to line things up for your favor. I believe that God is working to give you healing and to give you peace and to, and to give you deliverance. So don't be discouraged by what you see with your physical eyes. If you focus on the opposition, if you focus on the addiction, if you focus on the sickness, you'll live stressed out and you'll give up on your future. If you focus on the news cycle of 24-7 news, I'm telling you, it's going to stress you out and it's going to rob you of your future. I want you to open your eyes to the eyes of faith that you realize that God is bigger than every or any obstacle that you may have in your life. Elisha prayed that God would open this young man's eyes so that he could see. Here's the point. Your prayers are far more powerful than you know. Your prayers are far more powerful than you know. And I realize there are some of you that you're praying prayers and you're praying the same prayers and you wonder, or oh, will they ever be answered? And I would just say, continue, press into that. Don't give up. Very interesting here. We go back to 2 Kings chapter 6. Elisha prayed for this, um, this young man's eyes to be opened. And he saw those spiritual angels. But on into the chapter, the enemy came in closer to the house. And Elisha prayed that the enemy's eyes would be blinded or would be closed, make them blind. And so the commander knocked on Elisha's door. And Elisha led him and his armies down to the city of Samaria where they were surrounded by the Israelites. And then he prayed, Lord, open their eyes. And suddenly they realized that they were captured. It was a trap. They were at the mercy of Elisha. You know what happened? Elisha let them go. The scripture says that they never bothered the Israelites again. Here's the point. God knows how to turn your situation around. God knows how to turn your situation around. Like Elisha, there are enemies that are not going to bother you anymore. Those struggles that you've had, that in the name of Jesus, you are going to be victorious over them. Those challenges, those difficulties, those, those moments that you feel like that you can't move on, I am telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come over you and it's going to break the chains that have held you back. It's going to break the chains that have tried to take you down. I am telling you to open up your eyes and understand that those who are for you are greater than those who are against you. So don't give up hope. Don't lose hope for God is on your side. And my prayer is today that God will open your eyes that you would see that. That you would see that he's working behind the scenes. That you would see that he is making a way where there seems to be no way. So what is that thing that you're dealing with? What is that struggle? We're going to pray. And I want you to name that struggle. So many times we fall in this trap of just play, praying general prayers. Oh, God, bless me. Keep me safe. 
as I drive to, on vacation this week or, or whatever. We pray these general prayers that, you know, if God didn't move, that it probably wouldn't that make that much of a difference. Here's what I want. I want you to pray prayers that matter. Some of you are struggling and your life is filled with chaos and you feel pressure and on the outside, I am telling you, you look beautiful. You look like you have it all together. It's pretty impressive. But if people could just pull back the mask and see what's going on on the inside... It'd be a totally different story that you're portraying. And to those of you that are hiding behind that mask, today is the day to come clean. Today is the day to say, Jesus, help me. You don't have to live and fight this battle on your own. There is a power that is greater than yourself. It is the power of the Lord. And I want you to open yourself up to him. I want you to open yourself and say, God, help me. Have you ever prayed a prayer just as simple as that? But let the prayer come from the deep parts of your soul that you just cry out and say, God, help me. And if you don't help me, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to take the next step. I need your help. Have you ever just cried out to the Lord like that? Today is your day. God, help me. God, heal me. Some of you need to come to the place where you say, God, save me. You've been hanging around and investigating long enough. Today is the day of your salvation. Today is your day. where We're going to pray, and we're going to believe that God is going to come and bring help to you. So you ready? So what are you going to pray for? Think about that. Maybe it's a situation at work. Maybe it's a situation in your family. Maybe it's a medical condition. Maybe it's a financial, whatever that thing is. I want you to get it in your mind right now. You got it? Think about it. I want you to bow your heads and we're going to pray over it. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the very name that has the ability to speak and the worlds are formed, uh, that bring dead things back to life. We call on you in the name of Jesus and ask that you would come and bring salvation to those that are lost. To say, Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. We cry out on the na- with the name of Jesus. And God, I ask that you, through the name of Jesus, would set people free. God, whether it's an addiction whether it's a depression, whether it's a sickness, whether it is an oppression. Father, whatever the things that are uh, holding people back, I pray in the name of Jesus that today that this would be broken, that right now that people would be free. And so, Father, we give this over to you, and in return we ask that you would fill us, that you would uh, touch us, and you would set us free. And listen to this. We say this together. God, I receive what you have for me. Say that. Say, God, I receive what you have for me. In South Augusta, say that. God, I I receive what you have for me. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. 
If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.